episode number 173 of the Living Deliberately Together podcast. Hi, this is Shira Gura. Welcome to my podcast, where you'll learn how to get clear on what you want and get unstuck from what is holding you back so that you can go on living deliberately. Thank you so much for choosing to be with me today. And now for today's episode. Hi, my dear listeners, and thank you so much for joining me today. On last week's episode, I shared with you a community project that I initiated that was based on the concept of senseless love. You can tune into that episode first if you haven't yet listened to it. And I mentioned at the end of the episode that I wanted to share in this week's episode about the ripple effect, not only on the project, but just the idea of the project that it had on other people and how in general, our state of being can have a ripple effect on others. So I mentioned last week about the emails I received from people who had received their senseless love note from a random person in the community. They didn't know from whom they were gonna receive their message and the sense of surprise of who the person was plus the actual note made a warm impact on many of the people participating. And when you receive such heartfelt love from someone, it can really put you in a different place. For instance, if you were three minutes before you read that message, yelling at your kids or complaining about Corona or having an argument with your spouse, And then you receive this positive message from a community member about how they admire you or what they like about you or what they see in you. It can automatically shift your energy, right? I'm sure you've experienced this before when someone says a good word to you and all of a sudden you feel like you're on top of the world because you feel seen, right? Well, that's what happened here. And when you're in that new place, that positive place, that hopeful place, that kind of lifted place, what naturally happens is you want to offer that back to other people. And I'm not saying that happens just about positive people. I truly believe when people feel lifted, they generally want to do the same for others. I actually think it's a natural collective consciousness sort of thing. Like when you have this positive feeling not necessarily have an object to share, like a house or money or a garden, but just a feeling. It's something, I see it at least, that people want others to have too. Now, can I say that I saw people actually creating a domino effect of these emotions? No, I didn't see it. But I can say this. When we sent the email out to see if there would be interest in our community to do this experiment, I received three emails from community members to ask me how exactly I was planning to facilitate it because they wanted to do the same thing in their workspaces. And there was one other person who was a mom who wrote to me that she was planning to do this with a group of fourth grade boys on that same day even before anything happened to prove that it would be worthwhile or positive, already had an impact on people. Just the idea of the possibility that it could maybe create something great influenced people, which I just found amazing. And I have a strong feeling that the energy, not only in the 
experiment that we did, but in the experiment that these three other people said that they were going to do, that the energy was going to be passed around. And it would have a ripple effect in those people's lives too. And all it takes is one person, right? That's it. Just one person, one idea. It can have a ripple effect around the world. And by around the world, I don't necessarily mean impacting thousands of people at a time. I actually just mean impacting one person, and then that one person impacts another person, and so on and so on. But it all has to start with a seed, an idea, and then someone to be that person who will then activate it. Years ago, way long before I was into this work of getting unstuck and getting clear and living deliberately, I was sitting in a religious service, and I'll never forget the religious leader who was giving a sermon. And he was comparing Western religions to Eastern religions, and he was talking about how Eastern religions have a tendency to focus on the self, which is all good and fine, but that's not what is going to change the world. This person was saying that it's the group effort, the group prayer, the sense of togetherness that will. Now, again, this sermon was offered years and years ago. I probably just finished graduate school, I think, and I was not in a place to get emotional about his talk or feel defensive in any way. I was just listening. I was just a guest at this service. But that sermon really stuck with me. It was something I was hoping to someday explore. And now that I'm deeply immersed in this work of self-growth and self-development, while I see his point, I think I would actually have to disagree with him. And the reason I say this is because as I see it, both in my life and in the life of the people that I work with, when one person changes, the world around them changes. I truly believe it only takes one person to create a shift in energy in a relationship. While yes, it would be amazing if both people in one relationship were working on themselves and then hence together, I also believe that when one person is doing his or her work, but like, you know, really doing the work, not, you know, being resentful about doing the work when the other person isn't, but really doing the work, then it can have a powerful impact on that other person, which then can have a powerful impact on others. And I'd like to give you an example from my personal life. And I'd like to share with you when I was probably about 10 or so, and how the person who was in this scene, it's how he was being then that had a ripple effect on something that I just did last week. Okay, so here's the scene. I'm in an airport with my family, my parents and my older sister and my younger brother. And we are headed to Acapulco on a family trip. Like I said, I was young. I was probably about 10 or so. I don't remember exactly. And this is what happened. We were all sitting inside of this airport at the gate with our luggage waiting, you know, to board And my dad goes over to the public telephones. Remember, like back then when there were public telephones? So if you happen to be young and you don't know what I'm talking about, back in the 80s, there were no cell phones and no laptops and no internet. 
And if you wanted to communicate with someone and you were at a public place, you would go to the public telephone and you would take coins out of your pocket and you would place them in the telephone and you would make your call. So my mom and my siblings were all just like sitting there with our stuff and my dad goes over to the phones and I see him put in some coins and he makes his phone call. So we're like about to go on this family vacation, but my dad has a business. He still does actually. And he was probably making a business call. I wasn't really paying any attention to it, but what happened was he finished his call and he came back to sit with us. And then we heard the telephone that he was just on starting to ring. Now, in case you didn't grow up in the times of public telephone usage, let me tell you that public telephones don't usually ring. They have no reason to ring, right? There's no one on the other end that's usually trying to call someone on a public phone. It's usually, it's the other way around, right? That people use public telephones to call someone in their house or at an office or something like that. So it was really weird. And we all looked at each other. It was kind of spooky. And then I saw my dad get up and walk over to the phone. I saw him pick up the receiver and I saw him listening to whoever was on the other end. He didn't say anything. He was just listening. And then I saw him dig into his pocket, take out some coins, and put them into the telephone. And then he came back to us, and he didn't say anything. And the whole thing just looked really weird to me as a 10-year-old. It just made no sense. And I remember asking him, why did you put more money into the phone? And he said to me, quite matter-of-factly, well, it was the operator she said that I owed more money for the call. Now, <laughs> okay, I'm a little emotional right now because I really miss my family. I really miss my dad. and um, But it's more than that, actually. I'm really just lucky to have people in my life who I would say are models of living deliberately. And having those people in my life is a gift because the way they are, the way they show up, the way they speak, the way they act, it inspires me, it lifts me, it motivates me to be a better person. Look, my dad did not have to put in extra money into that machine. He didn't have to, right? He was done with his phone call and no one would have ever found out that he owed an extra 25 cents or whatever it was to this machine, right? But he was being honest and in integrity and he was being ethical. And his way of being in that moment and in many more moments of my life has greatly impacted me on the person who I have become. One person impacting another person can impact a world. Just like you throw one little pebble into the water, there's endless potential of where those ripple effects can go. People are watching you, my friends. Your children, your friends, your coworkers, your neighbors, your community members. They're watching you all the time. You may not know it, but they are. And your way of being, how you are in the world, 
has an impact on them. You know what the fastest thing in the world is? Like if you want to go from here to there, what is the fastest way to do it? Do you know? It's light. Light is the fastest thing in the universe. And you know what, my friends? We are light. That's what we are. We are energy bodies encapsulated inside of physical bodies. And so if we are energy, if we are light, then our state of being can be felt all around us, even across the world, because light can travel that fast. Now, I'm not saying that we need to be positive all of the time and that we shouldn't experience negative emotions. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that our state of being has the potential to have endless impact on others. Now, of course, if people are familiar with and they practice the unstuck method, they don't have to get impacted by others' states of being, right? If you're living with someone who is making you miserable, or if you have a friend who is acting in a way that is not a way that you want to be around them, you don't have to automatically be miserable too, right? And that skill is a gift if you have the skill and you're practiced at it. But if you're living with someone or you have a friend that you're with all the time and their state of being is love and generosity and joy and you want some of that in your life, well, there's almost no choice in the matter that that energy is going to affect you because you want that. So here I am like 30 years later and I still remember that scene. It planted an indelible memory in my mind, and it has impacted me in so many ways ever since. And here's a great example. So I was at the supermarket with my kids last week, or the week before, I can't remember, but doesn't matter. The point is, I was there with my kids, and I'm usually not with them when I go food shopping. But because it's corona time, and they are home with me, they're going with me food shopping on a weekly basis. So we did our shop and we were at the cashier and because I had help with bagging, which I usually don't have, I asked the kids to take the food out of the basket while I would bag the items. Just FYI in Israel, the cashier person doesn't bag your items. Like that person doesn't help. You just do it all yourself. So even when you're done paying and you have like a full thing of items that need to be bagged, the cashier person will just sit there and watch you or pick at his or her nail or stare at the ceiling while you bag your items and the next person in line gets stuck on annoyance. It makes no sense to me, but it is what it is. Anyway, that's what's happening. And when they unloaded the cart, I paid and we finished bagging things up and we started walking out of the supermarket. And then all of a sudden, my 12-year-old started waving this package of sliced cheese out in the air. And he's like, Ima, what about this? It was at the bottom of the basket. We didn't pay for it. Now, it was, and still is, like over 100 degrees here. It's corona time. We're wearing masks and gloves. And my oldest son, who wasn't with us, was waiting to be picked up from his wall climbing class, where because of corona, he had to wait outside of the facility in the hot sun. And I was running like five minutes late. And I was pissed off. 
my first reaction was like, why didn't you take the cheese out when you took everything else out? But of course, my son had no answer and it was a moot point anyway, right? We already paid for anything and we were already halfway out the supermarket. And you know what I said to him? Can you guess? I said, oh, it doesn't matter that we didn't pay for it. It's just cheese. Next time I come, I'll just leave some money at the front. That's what I said. I'm being honest with you. And I looked at my kids and they just shrugged their shoulders like, okay, whatever. And then we continued walking towards the car. But we only took like three more steps forward before I said, wait a minute, that is not right. That is not ethical. If we walk out of the store with the cheese, that's stealing. And that's not what we do. And so we turned around and we went in through the exit and I walked up to the customer service counter and I explained what happened and I paid for the cheese. It literally took me like under a minute to do so. But of course, it wasn't about the time. It was about what I did. And it wasn't even about that, actually. It was about who I was being and how that way of being led to how I acted. And if you have enrolled in my online course, The Blueprint, you know all about what I'm saying. Now, why did I make that switch? Because in that moment, I thought about my father and about who he was being in that moment when no one else was watching him and how his state of being directly guided his actions. He was being honest in integrity and ethical. And so obviously that kind of person would pay for what he was being charged for, naturally. I, on the other hand, was being impulsive and I was rushing and I was not caring about other people, at least not at first. But the ripple effect from over 30 years ago created that shift in me I just had this image of my father in the airport, and within seconds, I shifted to the same way of being my dad demonstrated to me 30 years ago, honest, in integrity, and ethical. And my kids saw it, and they took it all in. They watched me shift, and they watched me literally turn around, go back into the supermarket, and pay for what I had stolen. They didn't say anything. They just watched. And I can tell you now, I would not be at all surprised if this experience doesn't make an indelible imprint on them as well. On the five-minute car ride to get my son, I taught my kids all about public telephones, and I shared the story about their pup-up from 30 years ago. Talk about a ripple effect. I truly, truly believe in this concept of a ripple effect, not only that it's possible, but that it happens all the time. And I think it can transcend generations through stories and books. And I'm even talking about someone's way of being from thousands of years ago. I truly believe it can impact me or you even today. You know, we humans have this construct of time, but energy doesn't know time. Energy can't be created nor destroyed. It can only be changed. And so who knows how your energy 
can and will impact other people, not only when you're alive, but even when you pass. I think this is something to really sit and contemplate. Your way of being may be the most important legacy you leave for another person. And so I happen to believe it's really important to invest in learning about it and understanding it and committing to being the person that you want to be in the world. So who is that person? Who do you want to be? If I were to see you on the street tomorrow and I would say to you, hey, what are your three ways of being for the life that you want to live? Would you be able to quickly answer? Would those three words be off the tip of your tongue? Or would you have to, you know, kind of think about it for a while? If you have to think about it, most likely you're not living those ways because they're not in the forefront of your mind. To live deliberately, my friend, is to do this work. And when you do this work, you decide who you want to be. And you commit to those ways and you practice being them so you can manifest them. That's what living deliberately is all about. That's what this podcast is about. That's what my course is about. That's what my coaching is about. It starts with the one, but it has the potential to impact the world. My friends, next week I am planning to give birth. My second book will be coming out on Tuesday, August 25th. It's called The Clear Way, Five Simple Steps to Be Mentally Prepared for Anything. And it will be free on Amazon Kindle on that day. So please mark your calendars, purchase the book for free on that day, and I warmly invite you to write a testimonial after you read the book. Next week, I'll be sharing more about that and about the giveaway that I'm planning to run next month. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And as always, I look forward to living deliberately together with you. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Living Deliberately Together podcast. It is my honor and privilege to be able to show up here each week for you. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to start applying this work to your life, you have to check out the Living Deliberately Blueprint. It's my online self-paced course, which will teach you my tools and everything you need to know about living deliberately and actually manifesting it. Head over to my website now, shiragura.com for more details. I look forward to starting this journey with you.